Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and today on this very sunshiny day in the Pacific Northwest and the Seattle area in particular, we are talking with a very special guest. Her name is Christine Broom, and she's the Caregiver Services Coordinator with the Family Caregiver Support Program in Seattle. Welcome to the show, Christine. Oh, thank you. Yes, indeed. And our topic today, uh, we've entitled it, uh, listeners, it is Alzheimer's disease. We've gotten the diagnosis from the physician. There's no more guesswork. And so the question on the table is, what do we do now? And I am here, you know, those of you who have been following the show I think you can probably pick up the fact that I try to be quite transparent. And this happened to me. My mother, in fact, Christine has met my mother, and we'll talk about that a little bit. My mother uh, is a an Alzheimer's um, patient. I just, I mean, I hesitated because I didn't know if I should call her patient or care needer or just what maybe. Christine can clarify that for us a little bit as we go on, but my mother has Alzheimer's disease, and it's tough. It's been very tough. We went back and forth trying to uh, determine whether or not she did have Alzheimer's. We were pretty sure she had dementia, and Christine, um, could you just speak to that a little bit that, you know, if a physician, if you as the caregiver or the concerned parent, I mean concerned, it could be parent, or concerned uh-huh. um, sibling or child or friend um, are having some uh, real suspicions and concerns in this area, yet the doctors continually tell you that it is not, which was the case with us. Uh, would you speak to that for a moment here? Well, you know, and I, I always uh, say to people that um, no one knows your uh, loved one or in our business, we call it care receiver better than you do. I mean, you can certainly detect um, subtle and big changes in their memory, their use of language, their you know thought processes, their behavior, their personality, and you know no one knows that person like you do. So you you do have an inkling that something is off. And, um, you know, I I do have to say that um, the Alzheimer's Association, as you may be aware, is a great source of um, resources and information, and they highly recommend that you go to a physician who is experienced with um, diagnosing Alzheimer's that they can do a, con- a consult with you. Uh, this could be a neurologist or a geriatrician or a neuropsychologist. And um, they also recommend that you really prepare yourself for the doctor's visit. You know, um, 
if if you are really worried about your family member and you just know that something something's going on i mean just the way they interact with you every day it's just not the same and and you know in your heart of hearts you know something is wrong they say the best tool is to really prepare very well for the visit to the doctor you know write a list of the symptoms be specific include when how often where maybe talk to other family members um just so you can almost present to them your you know <clears throat> evidence so to speak that you feel that something um is going on and and that you'd like to have a an assessment of some kind done yeah well, so, that's all excellent information. I, um, But then I have to say, and I don't know, maybe the Alzheimer's Association would be able to help someone if they had a similar situation because I had all of that. I presented all of that with, to the physician, and they did some testing. I think in the end it may not have been as diagnostic as it probably could have been, but I didn't know that at the time. And And plus I felt when I was told no, that there was, he did concede that there was some dementia, but it was certainly nothing near as catastrophic or as alarming or concerning that I shouldn't be that concerned because it was not Alzheimer's. The testing showed that it was not Alzheimer's. And so I probably participated in in delaying the matter. And maybe, again, maybe she wasn't at the time, but I had a, right. a like a breath of um, release and relief, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. but, but then it some time, and not a lot of time went on, and I started having some undercurrents again. And like you said, that's when we sought. In fact, I asked the physician, was there another physician, or could he refer me to someone else for further studies? And that's when he did uh, refer us to a neurologist. And, right. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't know what... Right, and Go I ahead, don't know I'm what sorry. kind of relationship you had with a doctor or their their background, that particular doctor's background or experience in um, testing an individual to see if you know they they have Alzheimer's. Because um, yeah, sometimes there is a gray area where I don't know they just don't want to pull the trigger and, and make an official diagnosis. But um, you know, as a family. As a family, you you need to know what's going on so you can plan for the future and um, you know what get I it on the day. Without using the word, is persistence that we must be persistent. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just interject my personal situation altogether here. So I want the listeners to know, <clears throat> maybe just using what I did go through and some of the things that you were saying to all of us, mm-hmm. that we must be persistent because, as you said. Uh, we are the ones who are connected to them, and the doctor's only going to see them for whatever amount of time, even if he sees or she sees our loved ones on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. At the most, usually it's like 20 to 30 minutes, and that's mm-hmm. certainly not um, the picture of a of a of a typical 24-hour day, is it? <clears throat> right, and and oftentimes. You know, uh, some folks may have the experience of their loved one presenting well. Like in some way they pull together all their sort of inner resources and make a real attempt to present well to the physician. 
yes, and some right. in some ways that can be very deceptive um right. you know and and like you know if they're seeing them for 20 minutes or half an hour and you know oh well they're older they have some kind of mem- you know maybe some memory problems you know they're forgetful they sort of minimize you know what you're you're seeing yes, that's that's exactly what happened to us so but anyway mm-hmm. let's move on a little bit you okay. know this is very um this is an alarming. We all know people who have Alzheimer's. We have uh, friends who ha- are, are caregivers uh, of their loved ones, and we are very read and knowledgeable. There are shows. There are mm-hmm. movies. And yet when it comes to our doorstep, it can be rattling. So what would you tell someone who maybe recently learned of a loved one um, and it's it's been difficult, you know. They, mm-hmm. uh, what would you say to them as a starting point? Well, you know, I would say that, um, and this is sort of a cliche, but to to know that you're you're not alone, you know, don't isolate yourself. Um, I think more and more Alzheimer's disease is at the forefront forefront of a lot of. Um, public policy planning as far as um, our health system goes because we know that the po- population is aging and that there'll be more and more people diagnosed with Alzheimer's. But, you know, and that's the big picture. But, but I know on, on, uh, on some level when you get the diagnosis, it's like, well, what do I do now? Where do I go from here? How will my life change? You know, that's yeah. how will my loved one's life change? And so that's, um, you know, that's a, a starting point to, to say to yourself, you know, I, I can um, p- uh, put a plan in place to sort of travel this journey together and and knowing that there are a lot of resources out there to, to help me that, um, you know, in terms of um, contacting, you know, local resources and agencies, you know, there will always be um, an area agency on aging that would have special referrals for family caregivers and, and information on resources available to family caregivers. And, in fact, um, you know, the program I work with here in Seattle is the Seattle King County Family Caregiver Support Program, with which is and, and we're considered what's called an area on um, area agency on aging, and so you know Alzheimer's and dementia related um, diseases and how to best support the families is definitely in the forefront of a lot of planning in different areas of um, relating to aging in our communities. So and it's you know and and it's just um you know something that you have to you know realize that yeah here's the diagnosis and we're going to move forward with it and you're you know you would be surprised at how many resources and um opportunities there are to get help and and i often do find that some folks try to do um maybe too much on their own for too long and and then at that point they're almost getting you know, burned out and and it's not a good situation. So, you know, early on, it's it's try to, good to try to formulate a plan to to navigate all the the, the resources that are out there. Now, those are very good points, but um, 
if you would bear with me just a little bit, um, for those who might, you know, again, the confusion that circles around mm-hmm. all of this, what do you mean by a plan? Could you could you mm-hmm. explain that to us? Well, you know, so for instance, um, you you know, you've been told by the physician that your um, loved one has Alzheimer's. So there are going to be, you know, you things that you're going to have to consider long term. Like for instance, there, you know, how will they be able to um, safely stay in the home? Will Will I need to be here 24/7? Um, you know what sorts and and I know and then you're going to be continuously responsible you know for that individual which is a source of a lot of stress and anxiety um so I would definitely you know um have just be and it can quite it can be overwhelming at first. I guess it's a matter of assessing what things are of immediate concern to you, and and you know where can you go to um, you know get initial or take initial steps to get the help you need. Like for instance, in our in King County, there's a senior services which has a 1-800 number and and they're basically the clearing house or the the um informational and resource uh, referral service for for individuals in our county so it could be as simple as calling them up and saying you know my my you know father has been diagnosed with alzheimer's can you point me in the right direction you know what's available to me and then they could make a referral to the family caregiver support program or they might ask you um have you looked at um you know applying for medicaid it just depends on you know where you are in in um the process of of looking to see what's what's out there and what what kind of help you need and also you know i i also encourage people to you know rally the troops too rally if possible if you have family members i don't know um you know what you know to what you never know to what extent people have other supports like their church their family their neighbors just try to you know think of who could be in your support system also and that's very helpful so mm-hmm. just one more thing on that and for a little more clarification uh are you saying or might you be saying that um one's local agency on aging and or uh, the local alzheimer's association would uh be helpful and direct uh, an individual to the sources or at least to initiate some of the sources to start formulating their plan? Yes, that would be okay. yes, that's, that yes, yes, that would be a good place to start. And and also, you know, um I sometimes depending on where you live, you you could also start at the state level because it's kind of a trickle down thing where we get funding from the state as well. So you might even go to your state um social health, social health services website because family caregiver support is present throughout the country. I mean, there will be in your county and your locality some kind of um entity that is is there to help 
family caregivers. And, of course, it varies throughout the country. But the federal government and the state governments recognize that it's critical that family caregivers get the support they need um, so they can continue to uh, keep the loved one in the home so they do not go to long-term care. So it's definitely, you know, just Google family caregiver support, you know, Oregon, <laughs> that that sort of thing. Yes. Um, okay. And you can definitely find the help that you need. Okay. Thank you so much. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Christine, um, you were giving us some very helpful tips right before the break, Mm -hmm. and uh, I want to return to some of those thoughts because I also think your idea, your suggestion of, one, formulating a plan is critical because even when going on the website or getting assistance from the agency on aging, one Mm -hmm. still needs to know what they need for their particular situation, don't they? Yes. That's yeah, that's definitely true because you know you're going to be in the position, um, you know, as your loved one's situation, um, as the memory loss, you know, continues and, and progresses. I mean that you will be increasingly in the position of having to, you know, make um, certain choices, and and often I find, um, particularly with a married couple. You know, for many years they may have shared the decision-making or one partner did more of the decision-making than the other. And now that the person with memory loss is no longer capable of making decisions, um, you know, that, that individual is, is is put in, in the caregiver is put in that position. So so it can, you know, it can be overwhelming. And, and also, um, you know, there is <clears throat> this whole element of, of technology, you know, I, I I sometimes wonder to what degree, you know, there are certain folks that may not know how to access the latest technology. Well, well, how exactly do do I Google this, or what do you mean by Google that? I mean, I I have also found that just on a very um, kind of community based level that, you know, if you're not comfortable with doing internet research, you can also, um, you know, go to your local senior center or community center. In fact, a lot of seniors have their own on-site um, social worker who, you know, they can certainly, you know, help you with um, research and, and, and so forth, too. And and for that matter, you know, the, if, if your loved one was a vet, the VA has an excellent family caregiver um, system as well. I mean, you go to the VA website, and it's just amazing what they offer, you know, vets and their families. And I often find that's kind of an untapped resource. And it seems to me that oftentimes people are kind of late in the game for that help. It's like, oh, you know, I could have done this, you know, a couple of years ago. I didn't realize that the yeah. VA would pay for this and assist with that and, and so forth. So, you, yeah, so you kind of have to, 
you know, and, and I only know this because I've I've made referrals to, you know, I say, well, if, you know, if you're uncomfortable, if you don't really want to, you know, you don't know how to Google things and then go to the senior center and then they can help you. Um, you know, you're, there's, there's um, I think in a lot of, you know, communities, there's a growing awareness of the aging population. So they're, they're trying to have resources in place to, to help them. And, and caregiving is there's going to be a wave of, caregiving in the future, and, and they're trying to have the supports in place for that. That's, that is just so wonderful. It really is because there's just so many segments of the plan. You know, you have to think about mm-hmm. now how are the bills going to be paid, mm-hmm. uh, if, if the caregiver works, you know, are they going to have to stop working, are they going to have an, have, to have an abbreviated work schedule because mm-hmm. doctor appointments have to be attended, there's meal preparation, there's bathing, Bathing, so right, and and things happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Right, I'm sorry. And, yeah, and you're right. I mean, and things move along a continuum. I mean, in terms of the person with memory loss. I mean, you know, may, maybe initially there's you know a confusion and forgetfulness, and they they can no longer do certain tasks. Like, oh, they, um, you know, say they used to, you know load the dishwasher now it's confusing for them or they used to you know um do other things around the house it partic- and, and the, namely driving is one biggie that is often not feasible oh, anymore yeah. so it it unfortunately you know and it, it it's really individual too i mean there's maybe a series of you know losses that people are, are experiencing where they used to be you know independent individuals and and gradually there's um kind of a pairing down of of what they can do and can't do but you know we always and this is something that a lot of my caregivers have always told me is like you know I I want him or her to do as much as they can for as long as they can so you know if they can get dressed and all they need for you is to do is lay out the clothing and they can sit on the bed and get dressed let them do that I mean they need to have a sense of purpose really Uh, all people need a sense of purpose so um, you know just you're the, the best judge of what they're capable of doing, you know, step by step. So that that's definitely something I always tell people that uh, just because they have, you know, um, memory loss, don't automatically assume that they're going to you know, not be able to function. I mean, in, it's, it's particularly with the initial initial diagnosis too. Um, so that's that that's imp- yeah, that's important too. So. Yes, yes, it is, and it's important for them just to feel them and us together to feel mm-hmm. like life is not over. Mm-hmm. Life is not right. over. This is just another mm-hmm. uh, maybe bump in the road or mm-hmm. another detour, but it's, mm-hmm. life is not over. And right. um, it's very enriching. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when my mom was, uh, my mom lives on the, you know this, the audience doesn't, my mom lives on the um, East Coast, but she was here with me for a while, and um, I found the Family Caregiver Support Program very helpful and beneficial and very uh, relieving uh, in terms of respite and um, just the support in general. And so anyone in particular who lives um, in the Seattle area, you would be doing yourself a great favor Mm -hmm by following through on some of the things that uh, Christine has mentioned here. And even those of you who do not live in the Seattle area, 
uh, as she has said, uh, there are offices all around the country. Uh, Christine, did you say family caregiver offices? Yeah, I would, you know, um, a good place to start is that that's kind of the um, tip, the usual terminology is family caregiver support. And, you know, if you um, use that as, what you know what you're researching under then that that is sort of an established um you know set of goals for our aging population to provide um support for family caregivers because it's you know recognize that families provide billions of dollars of worth of unpaid care um in fact our whole long-term care system would you know it's just so so essential that um you know the family caregivers are supported and and people want to stay in their homes so if the family caregivers um can you know if there's a, can be a plan developed that will provide them with the supports they need which is part of what we do we try to put together a plan like um you know respite would be helpful for you support groups would be helpful for you Ca- caregiver counseling would be helpful for you Maybe um, you need these assistive devices in the bathroom so you're not bending over and, you know, straining your back, you know, because you're going to, there are things that you're having to make adjustments for in your life. Maybe you need a fall prevention evaluation so your loved one doesn't fall and trip. So, you know, there's definitely um, a plan that we re- we recommend for the family caregivers that, that we work with, too. And, uh, so yeah, so that's the place to start. Okay, and then also the agencies on aging. Yeah, and area agency. Yeah, sorry. an area agency on aging is another good word to to research also, because then um, every area agency on aging would um, have its um, various um, providers and and so forth. That um, you know they'll have senior centers and they'll have. Um, 1-800 numbers, and they'll have a variety of, of resources for, for seniors. Yeah. Well, I certainly hope that these areas continue to be funded because they are more than vital, aren't they? Oh, yes, and, and our, our funding has remained, you know, stable. Um, I, th- I think Great. they recognize that it's important to try to help people stay in their home as long as possible. Yes, I'm very, so we, in- <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm very interested, at, particularly as I creep up in the age area myself, <laughs> you know, you, mm-hmm. you just have to you just think about what what your future is going to be. Right, um, and yeah. Is there as we begin to close down here? Is there anything that you would like to say that might strike a chord and be beneficial uh, in terms of caregivers caring for themselves? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we always you know say that that self care is essential and um you know because it, you know you have to be um ensuring that you know you have a good quality of life physically and emotionally and mentally so that you know you can continue to care for your loved one and that and that's the critical part of respite too is that this is such an all-consuming 24/7 job that you know everyone needs to to get a break from the care so yeah you really i mean they use you know this is just so so critical to to um being able to continue with with the caregiving too and and it's it's you know uh, been shown to be extremely stressful so you know um just doing what you need to do to to 
take care of yourself is is always really important. Just wake up every day no, knowing that you know you need to be good to yourself too. You know, and that's that's critical. Excellent. That's excellent advice for anyone, whether they're caring uh, for mm-hmm. someone else or not. That we have to watch our own self care. Yeah, and, and well, uh, well, yeah, wellness and and um, you know that's definitely a, uh, been emphasized a lot lately. Is just the whole the whole idea of of doing what you need to do to maintain maintain your health as as best you can. You know, um, before we go, I just have to say something about something that I learned <clears throat> uh, a few months ago, and that is the fact that. In our community, there are at least a couple of cafes that open up their doors for special times um, with coffee, around coffee, and uh, talk and support. Um, the Alzheimer's Cafe. Cafe right. was one of mm-hmm. them. Um, that just well, amazed me. I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead, Christine. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because, um, you know, you don't if you have a family member that has dementia you know don't don't keep them at home they they need to you know feel like they're you know going to be interacting with other people and enjoying themselves yes. and i think the alzheimer's cafes it lessens the pressure on them you know they can just kind of let their hair just be themselves and not worry about oh am i you know picking the wrong thing off the menu or i'm not you know, understanding someone was, or i can't make conversation yes. It's just yeah. wonderful. I mean, I was just absolutely blown away that, you know, we have such a a cognizant um, community that would, you know, bring something that like that to the table. And so, yes, I'm glad I did mention it. And if others in other parts of the um, listening area don't have such a cafe, perhaps you would approach uh, a, you know. a, a, an establishment and ask them if they would be interested in doing this for um, are all time. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, visibility and just a greater sense of comfort and, yeah. you know, welcoming people. And one other thing is that our Seattle Parks and Rec Department, they offer um, special walks at the various in various areas at the zoo, for instance, for people with, with dementia. So they, they have programming, too, for people with, with dementia. That is just wonderful. Well, we are going to have to end it here, Christine. Okay. And for all who have listened today, I thank you. And uh, I'll say adieu until our next show two weeks from now, same place, same station. Take care, everybody.